0: I think maybe um, we could turn off the uh, podium mic. There is a, a Chinese phrase I would like to share with you. Oh, let's see. Do you guys know this phrase? I asked Pastor Zhang. He didn't even know. So I know this is old, old, old Chinese. If I didn't tell you, my grandfather in Korea was a Chinese teacher. And because of that, my father would use Chinese words all the time. I didn't know what he meant at that time, but those words remained with me. This is one of those phrases. I know I'm going to butcher the pronunciation. It goes, guan. Guan is a, a, a position. Uh, like a government officer. So the phrase is basically telling us old officer is the best officer. The old officer being Pastor Justin. He's taking a break. You have a new one. Thank God I'm not replacing him. I'm just substituting. So just bear with me until Pastor Justin comes back. Um, I'm really thankful for this opportunity, however, because I get to know you in a different way. I know I've visited uh, your homes. You're gracious enough to invite me and feed me. Uh, honestly, first two, three weeks, I gain weight. I'm working on losing some weight before going back to San Diego. <laughs> but um, in the future, I would like to visit our youth, if that's okay. Um, it won't be long, just, you know, 20, 30 minutes. I'll go in there. If you are gracious enough to show me your room, that would be really great. That's how I get to know people, what room is like, But It's not mandatory. (laughs) I'll go and just say hi to you, uh, sit down with you for 20, 30 minutes, and then I'm on my way. But all this is to just get to know you better, for you to get to know me. But this is a special blessing because I'm testing some water here. Uh, You know, when I say this, do you get it? When I share this, do you get it? So I need to make sure I kind of figure out you guys in this type of setting. So I feel blessed in that sense. And I just hope that along the way, until Pastor Justin comes back, we'll be blessed, we'll continue to serve, and continue to grow in the Lord. That is my hope. In the uh, Korean church, uh, the Bay Area uh, where I was serving, uh, I remember this particular family. They were wealthy. You know, husband joined uh, the country club, one of the exclusive ones uh, in town. Uh, He was playing golf at the time. He had a very, you know, successful business that he was running. But then uh, California changed some kind of tax law related to business. And I remember talking to him. He said, you know, the profit margin is not as good as before. So I think I'm just going to retire, which he did, you know. Big house, nice cars. He had all that, so he could retire. But then after a couple of months or so, he got bored, not for the money but he wanted to work just to keep himself busy and make some money <laughs> the thing that he wanted to do was sell vitamins cuz around that time it was big healthy body healthy mind and we were into around that area the entire like you know asian community we were into you know becoming healthy eating right you know exercising all those things well so he started selling natural Vitamins. So his sales pitch was this 99, 88, 3, 4. You know what that means? 99 means let's try to live up to 99 years old. So who would not like that, right? But then what good is it if you're not healthy and strong and with some means? So 88, I know that's the luckiest number in Chinese culture, right? Baba. But it also is, um, it expresses uh, energetic, vibrant life in Korean, means you're active, you know. And then you know what three and four is? When it's time to go, you know, after 99, you go to hospital for three or four days and you go. Just enough time for your families to come and visit you, say goodbye for the last time, and then you, you go. You go to heaven, Right? That was a wonderful sales pitch. It worked. He made a lot of money. <laughs> but you know it's not biblical. Well, at least it's not the best way to live. Let me introduce you a new number. 1523. Remember that. 1523. You know what that is? First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. <laughs> this is what it says. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul is basically saying, be blameless until you see Jesus face to face. This ought to be our goal. How do we live this kind of life? Well, in this chapter, Paul gives answer. The answer is actually verses 16, 17, and 18. Rejoice always, pray continually. And today's passage, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's for you in Christ Jesus. I know many of you memorize these passages. If we know Paul, if you know Pauline theology a little bit, whenever there are three items that Paul mentions, it's usually the last one that's the most important one. Look at uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 13. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. So there is Paul to rejoice, praying, and giving thanks. For Paul, the last part is the most important. They're all important, but Paul really wanted to emphasize give thanks. That's what we're going to talk about today. Give thanks. We could do that, right? Give thanks. We could definitely do that. But then it doesn't end there. As Calvin alluded to, give thanks in all circumstances. We're not a machine. We have emotions. Circumstances, things happen in life. How can you really give thanks in all circumstances? Is that possible? I remember uh, when I was in college, uh, I was living in Cincinnati at the time, and we had a Christian conference in Dayton, Ohio. So a couple of friends, we drove to Dayton, Ohio to attend this conference. After the conference was over, I looked around, and my group, they were all exhausted, like falling asleep. So I volunteered to drive. He had a white station wagon. I'm driving this car on a highway, and then I see this flash of white car passing us by. I look, exact same car. Station wagon, exact same model. I'm like, wow, good thing police is not here because he might get confused. Sure enough, a few seconds later, I see light, and he's pulling me over like, (laughs) What on earth? So I pull over and I try to explain, officer, not me. You should should keep going. He's going away, getting away. You go after him. He goes like, give me your license. So I got a ticket. In that situation, could I give thanks? I mean, like, at that time, I think the speeding ticket was like $40-ish. I didn't have $40. If I had, I didn't want to give that. (laughs) Small things. But what if you live in Ukraine right now? You didn't do anything. And you're being attacked. Your country is in chaos. People don't have heat. It's just foundational things in life. People are dying left and right. Can you still give thanks? What on earth is God saying? But it doesn't stop there. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. God's will. This is his will for us. Meaning, we don't have a choice. This is what God wants us to do. It's a command. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is a command. Are we obeying this command? Why is this so important for Paul? As we all know, Paul was successful. He was on his way to become a mover and shaker of the world. I was visiting one family this week. I don't want to mention names, but they were talking about their daughter. She went to Princeton, elite university, hard to get in. And then she went to Harvard afterwards. I mean, you don't hear that too often, right? Well, Paul, he was one of those. He went to the best school at the time, received several degrees. He was well-connected. He was part of the group of people that people revered. He was uh, one of Pharisees. He had a Roman citizenship. He was wealthy. Again, he had this energy to, to uh, build his career. He was on his way. And then he gave that up. For what? For the gospel. And for that, he was in prison, he was beaten, he was excommunicated, and he, in fact, died. God revived him. He came back to life, and then he continued to serve the Lord in that capacity. It's Paul who is telling Thessalonians, rejoice, pray, and then, above all, give thanks in all circumstances. Paul wrote this letter to encourage young, new believers. When we listen to this passage, give thanks in all circumstances. Yeah, if you're mature, possible, maybe. No, Paul wrote this to young New Christians. This is how you are to live. In fact, this is God's will for you. In light of this Thanksgiving season, perhaps we need to examine our life. I know you love God. I know you're giving thanks. But he said, all, in all circumstances, do you understand this is a command from God? In life, it's inevitable. That you will face some surprising things. Injustice even. In those situations, life sometimes just sweeps us away. Have you been ever been swept by a wave? From California. I've been swept a couple of times. I mean, you talk about this like two-story high wave, just pouncing pouncing on you did you know the uh, ocean water color is not blue you would know if you encounter a big wave like that i mean it was about to devour me i looked over it was green like algae kind of green it was scary green and then i thought i saw a fish smiling at me <laughs> i didn't have control it just swept me, and I was just bouncing on the rock near the beach. (laughs) Somehow I survived. Even in those situations, especially in those situations, are you able to give thanks to the Lord? Life is about interpretation. It's not about circumstances is how we deal with different circumstances. When we're young, we focus on the facts because what's right, what's wrong, facts, that's important. Especially when we dig into the Bible, that is important. But along the way, what we have to learn is to discern God's heart. How are we going to interpret what God is saying? Not just factual things behind it. Why is God saying this? We have to understand his heart. Fact. Yesterday, we had a long meeting. Deacon board slash elder board meeting. Over five hours. I've been serving for some time. Five-hour meeting is rare. After I came to a church, twice. (laughs) I've been attending this meeting. Both over five hours. I know what you're thinking, That's just not practical, not efficient. It could be. Those are all factual information. My interpretation: I'm there. other pastors are there because we're pastors. These people, they have regular jobs. They're exhausted. Saturdays when they could just unwind, relax a little bit. No, They come early in the morning. It was freezing downstairs we were meeting because they love you because they love our church because they love God we talked about everything from finance to human resource to missions to building issues we talked about everything because they love God because they love our church interpretation it is something that we have to learn. more we are able to interpret things, more we are able to give thanks. You see, as we wrestle with this, if you haven't, I recommend that you, you do because it's a command. We have to wrestle with this to give thanks in all circumstances. But before I explain what it really means, in this process, we should at least ask, ask this one time. So God's omniscient; He has foreknowledge. He knows us inside out. He loves us unconditionally. With all that said, why is He telling us this? Give thanks in all circumstances. Why is God saying this? We should ask at least once. If God is trying to bless us, to mold us, to shape us so that we could radiate some type of Christ-likeness in our daily life? Why is God telling us this? What is what is he trying to do with this command? We should at least ask that at least once. Have you seen this picture? In 1918, in a small town in Minnesota, Bowlby, Minnesota, coal mining town. This man walked into a photo studio owned by Eric Enstrom. He was exhausted. He was tired. He just wanted to rest. He said, okay, if I just sit here for a little bit? Eric said, sure, just Make yourself at home. And he said, is it okay if I have a quick lunch? I miss lunch and I'm kind of hungry. Is that okay? He said, oh, yeah, by all means, go ahead. This old man took out his Bible, put it on a table, took out a bowl, poured some soup and his bread. A simple meal. Eric didn't want to miss that. He said, oh, what on earth is going on? And he started to pray the way he prayed, as he was giving thanks to God for the meal and how he was blessing his life, it moved Eric. So he took a picture. They were trying to collect pictures from every state to encourage our nation as we were coming out of the World War I. So he submitted his picture to the Minnesota photo exhibition. His picture won. And it was sent to the uh, national competition. The title of this picture? Thanksgiving. It's not so much what we have, it's how we interpret our life. It is understanding that God is in charge. That he wants to bless us. He wants to mold us and shape us so that we could become his faithful servants so that we would have this relationship with God and enjoy the process, the sanctification process so that every day we'll become more and more like Jesus Christ. And to be part of that amazing mission that God has set in place, go make disciples of all nations. In this training, God is commanding us, give thanks. It's my understanding. If we cannot thank God properly, we we can't really worship God. If we cannot really give proper thanks to God, we will become self centered. And we become this, uh, we have this we'll have gain this entitlement. It isn't until we start giving thanks to God. Oh, wow. I have a wonderful family. I have a wonderful church. It's cold. It's just bitter cold today. But then it's warm in here. You, you, you don't know what it is not to have a church building. When you have to rent a facility to worship God. A lot of people are doing that. We are blessed to have a church building that we could come and worship. We have a family. We have a community here. Brothers and sisters, listen to our testimonies. God placed us here to bless us, but then also to mold us and to shape us so that we could become the source of blessing. When we start counting our blessings, the things that God has already blessed us with, what's going to happen is we'll begin to see things from God's perspective. Oh, this is from God. That's from God. All blessings flow from God. And you will gain this appreciation for God. And then, you're going to even thank him for things you don't have. This is part of God's will. Not right now. He knows what's best for me. I don't have it. I don't need it. I don't mean you just sit still and don't do anything. You do what you can. But then, in the end, do you have this trust in God? That's what it is. When you start giving thanks, you are trusting God. You are in charge of my life. I surrender my life to you. I yield my life. I give my life as a living sacrifice. You do what you will. I trust you. That's how we could come and worship. When we recognize that God is in charge. That all good things come from God. When we have this understanding, then Sunday worship matters. Then your small group, matters Then your ministry matters that's how we ought to approach it then along the way we'll go and make disciples of all nations when paul says in christ we really have to highlight that because again pauline theology he somehow saves the best for the last usually in greek grammar you put the most important thing first. But Paul, being educated he is, I think he's just trying to uh, insert his own style. So what's the last part of the verse? In Christ Jesus. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is such a profound statement. Paul is saying, in Christ, you are able to thank God in all circumstances. That's what he's saying. Remember, when God said, let there be light, he commended, and the light appeared. When Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, he commended, and his sins were removed. When apostles said, get up and walk, they commended, and the lame got up and walked. God is giving us that same opportunity. When we say, thank God, you know what it's saying? We are commanding that circumstance, saying, thank God. It may not be favorable circumstance, but along the way, because we trust God, because God loves us, God is going to use that situation to bless us, to mold us, to make us grow. And it's that trust. With that trust, in Christ, we say, in the name of Jesus Christ, thank God. God, that situation will change. God will change it. In the name of Jesus Christ, when we command that, thank God. Not now, but in the future. Somehow, God's going to change it, and he will receive the glory through your life. You may not be the, the main beneficiary of that circumstance, but then somehow, God will then hallelujah. He will use us. And what a great joy that is. Have you experienced that? That God would use you to bring someone to Christ. Hallelujah. It's that kind of trust. Thank God. It's our command. It's our turn now. We don't have apostles anymore. But God is telling us. You're my representative. Go. And when we go, thank God. Thank God. We are commending so that those situations will come, will be changed by God, so that he will receive all the glory. In this thanksgiving, are you able to give thanks in all circumstances? Father, thank you so much for blessing us, for calling us to be your children. You bless us. You gave your son, only begotten son, to die for us because you love us unconditionally. Father, we are so blessed. You have given us this eternal salvation. We have this assurance of salvation, Father. What do we do with this? Help us. To be part of your ministry as we worship, as we fellowship, help us, O Lord, to share the blessings you have given us, in particular, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Even this week, as we celebrate Thanksgiving with our family and loved ones, help us, O Lord, to be reminded of all those blessings that you have bestowed on us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, Pastor.